Hey, welcome to Sex, Drugs, and Spirituality with Sydney DeLorean. That's me. And how exciting to talk to you. I know it's been a while. I think my uploads have been a little erratic. Um, that's what happens when your local basketball team is kicking butt in the playoffs and you work at a bar is I have been just going into overtime, making that shutter, which is very exciting and I'm not going to complain about it, but, um, yeah, I had like a weird endo flare up last week, which is why you didn't have the episode, uh, because like I just, I worked too much and guess what? I also went out with friends and like didn't get enough sleep and next thing you know I'm like nauseous and dizzy and all these things that are terrible and really uh, keep you from doing a podcast but I'm sorry about it Um, we're gonna kick butt we're gonna finish we're gonna win the championship and then my life will go back to normal and I will use all this money I'm making to buy a goddamn house because you heard it here first kids your girl's getting a mortgage one day I'll hook up a soundboard and do it live because you know I'm not adding sound effects in posts. I don't roll like that. Off the bat, I want to thank our sponsors. Hold on. Ah, what's that sound? It is the cool, refreshing, carbonated audio of Diet A&W. Diet A&W because dicks don't burp on themselves. It's pod fuel. You ready for some mouth sounds? Also, this episode is sponsored by Hanes Premium Cotton Granny Panties. Nothing fuels my workouts more than some big old granny panties from Hanes with 100% breathable cotton fabric. I need big panties for big gains. All right, guys, that's all the sponsors I have today. But as always, we're looking for more. Um, Also, if you want to, go ahead and... Uh, subscribe to Reality Wagon on iTunes or Spotify or YouTube because Mr. Robert Love and I guested on an episode. Reality Wagon is uh, a production by my friend Anthony, who I met through Twitter. It's where I meet all my friends, such as Rob Love. And it started out as a podcast just about reality shows, but now he's doing these fantasy snake drafts. So a recent one I really enjoyed was mall food court restaurants. And Rob and I guested on an episode about transportation. It's video if you go on YouTube. So when they post that episode, you will actually see me in my bedroom. It's fucking wild. Hopefully the audio turned out well because like I'm just not set up to generally do these things. Uh, what else is going on? Yeah, subscribe to that. I think it's going to be fun. I think we have a lot of fun and you see Rob and I in a different element. Um, and then, uh, let's see, uh, if anyone wants to give me a Shure SM7B microphone, that would be great. I'm having microphone issues and this apparently is like the gold standard podcasting microphone. I listened to an hour-long podcast about the history of the Shure SM7B, and I fucking want this thing. But it's $400, and I'm trying to buy a house. So, uh, (laughs) but a girl can dream. A girl can dream. When I bought my sewing machine, my last one before the one I have now, I knew I wanted this. And for like three 
plus years, I would go to the Viking sewing gallery and look at this dang machine and be like, I want you. I want you so badly. Actually, is it when I bought this? It's when I bought the one that I currently have, actually, I think. Never mind, I lied. But it was like a $2,000 sewing machine. And so the day I finally bought it, and I told the cashier, she's like, congratulations on your machine. And I said, thank you. I've been wanting this for a really long time. And she said, we know. Because it turns out uh, in Mesa, Arizona, a girl with a pink mullet doesn't go unnoticed. And so they saw me every month going and like stroking this machine in the showroom like a fucking weirdo. But... I'm a woman who wants what I want, and I gets what I want, and it just is a matter of time sometimes, you know? It can take three years to get a sewing machine. It'll take a little bit to get a house, uh, and you know what? I've been working on your dad for a long time, and I'll probably get him too. So, uh, <laughs> what do I even talk about? What do I even talk about? And I told myself, just record this podcast, knock it out, and then you can take a shower because I haven't showered yet this morning. And here I am dilly-dallying while I threaten to fuck every listener's father, which I'm not going to give away my stats, but they're good. And that would be like a lot of dads. Okay. This episode, hold on. I need another drink of Diet A&W to like rinse away the embarrassment, the sin, the embarrassment. The scandal. Mm. And by the way, the ep- the weeks that you don't see me on the main feed, if you don't see a main feed episode on your like iTunes or whatever Spotify subscription, I am posting over on Patreon. And it's only a dollar a month for our Patreon because I don't want it to be cost prohibitive for anyone. It's a fucking dollar. You can give more if you want to. You don't have to. I do the pre-releases of um, Decency with DeLorean. I do the shroom casts where I take mushrooms and record. I do Rob Love Raw where it's stuff Rob Love won't want his employer to hear. We do Scott McNulty Uncensored. So like all the shit that like is a little bit more uh, extreme and like listen you know what this show's about. I don't really filter myself but the stuff I do filter it's all over on Patreon for a dollar a month. Patreon's a cool fucking app. You download it. It's on your phone. It's like uh, any podcast app. You can also do it on desktop on through your web browser. And uh, you can, like, subscribe and give money to your favorite creators, which is great because it has helped democratize the creation of media. And if there's someone who you like what they do, you can be like, here's money to show that I like what you do. So anyways, okay, let me take a sip of this soda and we're going to get at it. We're going to get after it. Ah, I'm so ready to burp on some dicks, but I'll record this podcast instead. Okay, this episode is about urethral sounding. And I legitimately thought that everyone knew what this was. And I thought it was just like a common thing. Like everyone's like, oh yeah, I know what sounding is. Like I don't know anyone who does it, but I just assume everyone knew what it was and I was incorrect because as I've talked to people about it during the writing of this episode um it turns out yeah no one knows what the fuck I'm talking about uh so sounding is basically like in the medical world it's how you measure something for depth and you have these rods they're like steel rods they go in so like if you wanted to measure the depth of a stab wound a bullet wound if you're measuring someone's uterine depth before like the insertion of an IUD um, sounding is basically measuring the depth of something on the body why it's called that 
I don't fucking know, but you use these rods. And as we've covered in the episode I did about medical fetishes, a lot of people like to say, hey, there's a sterile instrument that medical professionals use to put in the body. Why don't I put it in mine? And um, honestly, that's like a problem of overconfidence. Like, oh, this person who went to college for years does this. I could probably do it. And we're not talking about the difference between like a licensed piercer and like being like, oh, I can stick a safety pin through my ear. Like, yeah, you can. But even that, there's like a huge difference because piercing needles are number one, sterile, safe. Take a chunk of the skin out. They heal better. Uh, don't fucking pierce your own shit with a safety pin. Um, you will come to regret that. Or there's just, there's just a better, easier way to do it. And I just believe in like, okay, if there's a better way of doing something, do it that way. Like, I'm a blonde. And believe it or not, it's not natural. And like, if you bleach your own hair, you're going to fry your fucking hair. Because you're going to overlap the bleach onto areas that have already been bleached. And you're going to fry your fucking hair. And yeah, you can do it. And you can get away with it. And you're not going to go bald right away or anything. But like, your hair is going to look like shit. And there is an easier way to do it. Which is that you pay someone else to do it. And um, hopefully, if you're lucky like me, you have someone who does hair out of their like mudroom. Because they have a mudroom in their house. But you don't need mudrooms in Arizona because it doesn't rain. It doesn't snow. We don't have mud. And they, you convert that into a hair salon and um, you get a deal. You get a deal. So anyways, like if there's an easier way to do it, do it. Don't pierce your own shit. Pay someone to do it. And I would argue don't sound your own shit because uh, it could be dangerous. But um, I'm going to explain to you why people do this sexually and how to do it safely. And we're all going to be mildly upset. Uh, so... <laughs> Uh, anyways, so urethral sounding, it began as a medical procedure to clear obstructions from the urethra and you use these like, you know, medical grade rods, you put it up the pee hole, you break things up. I don't know like what happens. Like maybe you get like, um, a kidney stone stuck in there. Maybe it's just dried jizz, but you got to clear the passageway and you, uh, can use a sounding rod. Um, it is also sometimes referred to as penis or cock sounding, or stuffing. Um, and, okay, there's two different things that you can do in terms of shoving things up your penis. There are sounding rods, which is what we're going to focus on. There are these long, narrow rods that go all the way up the urethra. There's also things known as penis plugs, and they are meant to be worn during sex and masturbation activities. They're kind of like jewelry. Like, you can keep it on during sex. Um, some are solid. Some are hollow. And so, like, the hollow ones, like, urine and ejaculate can pass through. And I read one account where someone's like, oh, yeah, I love wearing my penis plug because it's a narrow hole. So when I come, the jizz squirts farther. And in the article, which was well well written they described their girlfriend as a cum slut and they were like yeah my girlfriend's such a cum slut she loves when i wear my penis plug and my jizz shoots further ah uh, sure uh i think i'm getting like too old and square for this podcast like i'm gonna have to totally retool everything before i turn 40 because here i am I'm getting close to 37, and I'm like, sure, yeah, you're cum slut girlfriend. You shoot the jizz further. Why am I reading this? Uh, <laughs> and 
And I do it for you, the listeners. Okay, so penis plugs, shorter, sometimes have like ribs or notches to keep them from slipping out. A lot of them, they're like almost like a U-shape. So there's like a part that goes in and then there's like a handle that comes out and loops around the other end of the dick. So like it's not going to get lost in the dick. It's got, you know, a thing. And then when you fuck someone with the penis plug on, the part that's on the outside wrapped around, like it'll have a little ball or whatever and that might feel good in the other person's hole. Um... Yeah, uh, urethral sounds are longer, uh, sometimes long enough to reach the bladder, and they are generally smooth, generally, not always. Um, and sometimes they're straight, sometimes they're curved, like they have a slight S-curve, so you can shove it in your pee hole and like slowly rotate it, and that might feel good. Um, sounds can be moved in and out while playing, kind of like massaging the inside of the penis. Uh, but only use small and gentle strokes because here's the deal. That skin on the inside of your urethra, super delicate, tears easily, puts you at risk for infection. And we'll go over it later, but you have to like really clean these fucking toys and make sure you're not shoving bacteria right up into your fucking bladder because you're going to get a UTI. And men don't get UTIs as often because they have a longer road of travel through their urethra. Like the bacteria doesn't make it to the bladder as easily as it does with women. Um, but sounding, I guess that's an opportunity to even the tides is that it can, uh, it makes it so men can also feel the joy of a UTI. Um, hold on. I need another sip of soda. Mm. Ah, I'm so into this sponsor. Okay, so apparently if you insert a sound deeply enough, it can stimulate the prostate. Not sure about that. Uh, a lot of people like it because it's taboo. And, like, I think that's a lot of, like, kink where it's like, oh, I shouldn't be doing this. You're my teacher. I mean, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I've never slept with a teacher. Uh, wanted to. Never did. Didn't have game. Um college teacher you guys I'm not fucking I, I wasn't like a low leader or anything like that okay never read that book probably should gets talked about a lot okay this one person says it may feel strange at first like you have to pee or something is scraping the inside of your urethra like wouldn't it feel like something scraping the inside of your urethra because something is scraping the inside of your urethra um I'm just saying and, like, the importance of, like, getting into sounding is, like, okay, you need to sterilize your toys. You got to find the right size toys. You got to go slow and gentle. There's your, your three ground rules. Um, apparently, it will not stretch out your urethra unless you do it frequently, like, once a week or more. And for some, like, this is part of the fun. Like, they like their urethra stretched out. And, like, that might make it fun. Like, they can pee more efficiently, you know? <laughs> Like, yeah, it used to take me 60 seconds to pee, and now it takes me 20 because it just dumps out. It's like a bucket just dumping out. Um, oh, my God, I'm going to burp because I had so much diet A&W. <laughs> nope, hiccup, hiccup. <sighs> okay, I held it in. I am not, okay, I'm not uptight, but uh, I really dislike it when people just like burp and don't cover their mouth or try to silence it. They just do it like out loud and flag flagrantly. And, uh, here I am, like, I just burped on mic and I'm not going to edit it, but like I did muffle it. I did cover my mouth and turn my head away. I work with two women. One is very young. One is very old. And they both just like belch. They belch like dudes who are drinking Budweiser in the basement. Like, 
It's just like, bro, you aren't in like the basement watching a Cubs game. You're you are out in public at your job and you're just walking around being like, and no, like, oh my gosh, excuse me. Like, just people need to go to finishing school. And that's it. I didn't go to finishing school, but my mom did. She went to Mrs. Potts finishing school hosted by Mrs. Potts and her male assistant. I forget his name. And my mom's like, yeah, in retrospect, that young guy who assisted Mrs. Potts was either her lover or gay, but that was a weird relationship. But anyways, they taught finishing school. There were manners involved. And my mom did her best to bestow those upon me. And um, I try to get better each day as I mature. And uh, like, you know, just like uh, I care a little bit more because having manners shows the people around you that you respect them. And even if I don't respect the people around me, I want to treat them like I respect them because I think that's what mo is most important is like whether or not people have deserve or have earned your respect. If you treat them with decency, it says more about you because how you treat other people is a strong reflection of your character. And so, you know, being vulgar uh, just shows people like you don't really respect them or yourself. So anyways, cover your mouth when you burp. Say excuse me. It's fine. Um, okay. So it says it's not going to stretch out your urethra unless you do it frequently, like once a week. But I feel like if some once something becomes part of your sexual practice, and I guess everyone has like different... Everyone has like different... Um, frequencies but like if okay if sounding is like part of your sexual practice and it's like something that like gets you really hot and whatever like it's gonna be really hard to go oh I can't do I've already sounded this week and I want to get off but I have to do it without sounding because I've already sounded once this week and I don't want to stretch out my urethra do you see what I'm saying like once something becomes it enters the ring if you like it you're gonna want to do it it's like okay I know people who literally eat dessert after every meal, like not breakfast, but like lunch and dinner. And like, so even if it was just after dinner, like every single night and I know everyone is different, but like growing up, we didn't have dessert every night. Dessert was something you had when you went out to eat, which in the nineties when I grew up was a lot less frequent. People didn't dine out as much as they do today. Um, I don't ever dine out because I'm cheap and I rather make my own food. Um, but so like, but yeah, dessert is like something you have on like a birthday, a holiday, when you dine out, which is maybe like once or twice a month. But like, I know people who have dessert after dinner every single night, because once you say, okay, I have dessert after dinner at home then what makes Wednesday different than Thursday? Do you see what I mean? You eat dinner every night. And if dessert comes after dinner, you're going to have dessert after dinner every night. And so if you sound when you get off, you're going to want to sound, I think, more often than just like once a week if you're getting off more than once a week. Was this a good analogy? Arguably, no. But it's all, it's all I have. It's all I have. I can only compare things to food. Um, okay. Because it's universal. Because it's universal. But also, stop eating dessert after every fucking meal. That's it's gross. It's bad for you. 
I know that like I'm so in deep with this keto stuff and it's it's like cult like where it's just like blah 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 Pilates blah 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 keto blah 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 Pilates keto Pilates keto but like also I look and feel the best that I've ever felt and I like can't believe I didn't like oh all I had to do was give up grains which seems so insurmountable. Like, oh, I could never. I said that weird. I'm sorry, guys. Surmountable. Um, but like before, I can't give up grains. What, what is left to eat? What foods can I eat if I do not uh, consume the grains? But uh, it turns out, you know, you eat other things. You eat uh, animal-based protein sources, and you don't need grains, and then you lose 30 pounds and have really great energy levels, and you're like, whoa, what the fuck? And like now all I can think of when I see people eating like bread and cake and muffins and cupcakes is like, oh my God, if you just didn't eat that, your whole life would change. Your whole fucking life would change if you just put down the bread. As I always have said, get bread, don't eat bread. That's right. Stack your own papers. Okay. So back to changing your whole life. Um, if you stretch out your urethra, that might be somewhat life-changing. Uh, you can also develop incontinence, uh, developed as a loosening and damaging of the soft tissue, and it can lead to like a loss of bladder control. I found that on a website for a men's urinary tract surgery center where they were talking about conditions that they treat and repair. Um, Men who engage in sounding have a slight but statistically significant increase in lower urinary tract symptoms, which apparently I got this from a medical uh, research study, and the acronym for that is LUTS, lower urinary tract symptom. But they do not have a significant difference in prevalence of erectile dysfunction. So the good news is if you're out there sounding, you are uh, not going to give yourself erectile dysfunction. And that's good. That's good because that's what we all want. We want big, strong boners. Um, okay, let's see. Uh, if you plan to stretch out your urethra, take your time and be careful not to stretch it to the point that it hurts or causes discomfort. Um, safe sounding has no long-term effects on how you urinate. And I'm reading now, I'm mostly reading from a Healthline article. Uh, it may sting when you pee after a sounding session, but it's usually temporary. Um, the only real risk come from injury of using toys that are too big or being too rough when the toy is inserted. In fact, this one like intro article I read was like buy this graduated sounding kit and it's just like the butt plug kits like a small, medium, large, you know what I mean? But they were like, I don't recommend using the smallest one because it's so narrow that it could be like pokey. It could cause damage. So maybe use the blunter one just because you don't want to use the pokey one. All right. More A&W. Sorry. Okay, let's see. Who shouldn't try sounding? If you have any abnormal discharge coming out of your urethra, how about you wait till that's treated and cleared up? Uh, if you have an active outbreak of a sexually transmitted infection, such as herpes or gonorrhea, and like that's just because you're going to spread the infection. Like it's not good. It's not good. Um, history of frequent UTIs, history of injury to the urethra, or a prostate condition like prostatitis, benign 
prostatic hyperplasia or prostate cancer. Not quite sure why you can't sound if you have prostate cancer. I'm not quite sure, but uh, apparently don't do it. Okay. So also apparently some people like to use catheters and not sounding rods, but that I think follows more into like a whole different category that we talked about in the medical fetish episode. Okay. Most plugs or sounders are made of surgical grade stainless steel or titanium, silicone or plastic. And a different article I read was like, get the surgical grade stainless steel or titanium because silicone and plastic are porous and therefore more difficult to thoroughly clean and therefore maybe not something you want to be shoving up your urethra because you could be introducing bacteria into your bladder. Okay. Uh, titanium sounders are easier to insert and heavy enough to slide in on their own, but they are inflexible. Uh, silicone sounders are flexible and softer, but may be hard to slide in because they have a more textured surface. In length, sounders range anywhere from half an inch, which would be like a plug, um, to up to about a foot in length, sometimes more. The most common length is between three and six inches, which makes sense because like how big is your dick and like how far are we trying to get up this thing okay and apparently like some females sound but like it's not like a thing really like you know like it's not a common thing like sounding for men is growing sounding for women is like one chick who's like just goes at herself so much she needs to find new ways am i out of breath i'm all of a sudden breathing all heavy i'm breathing like gilbert grape's mom <sighs> <laughs> That movie's depressing. Um, okay. Uh, most sounders are long and thin. Some are completely straight. Others curve slightly or have bulges in the middle or at the ends. The end seems like a good idea because it's like a stopper. Uh, you don't like losing things in your body. You got to go to a doctor. It's like a whole thing. Um, if you have a penis, some can wrap around your glands like a hoop with a ball attached that goes into the urethral opening. Yeah, that's what I was talking about, the ones that are like a little hook. Um, okay, how do you do it? You ready? Step-by-step guide to sounding. Oh, God, I haven't had enough caffeine yet to deal with this. Uh, okay, wash everything, sterilize toys in boiling water or a betadine solution. And I don't know that you're supposed to, like, boil your fucking steel or titanium ones. I don't know if you're supposed to boil silicone. I don't know. Maybe not plastic because it can degrade depending. Hopefully these are, like, high-quality silicone and plastic that aren't don't degrade in heat. But, like, I don't know. Dude, I don't even drink out of plastic because it sheds into the uh, – it sheds into the water. Your BPAs, your BPBs, all that. Uh, okay. All right. Uh, position. Get comfortable. Stand, sit, lie down, whatever you like. Apply a lot of lube near the urethral opening and to your toy. Use a water-based, chemical-free lube. And I read don't use a lube that has glycerin in it because the sugars make it more likely that you'll get an infection because uh, yeast and bacteria fucking love sugar. And I didn't even know they still made lubes with glycerin in them. But, like, ugh. I mean, you know I'm so, like, anti-lube. Like, if you have to use lube, use, like, a, a natural coconut oil, um, which is good for the pH of your vagine. Uh, because other stuff, I'm like, I don't know what's in here. And like, it's like, okay, can we stop? I need to read the label. And like, is it romantic to reach over and like put your hand in like a jar of coconut, like scoop it up 
I don't know. Whatever. Maybe there's like squeezy bottles of like you just have to keep it warm so it's liquid because it's like it turns solid. If you got your AC on, it's solid. So maybe I don't I don't fucking know, but it's just it's a better, safer lube. Okay. Uh okay. If you have a penis, it helps. They keep saying this, like if you have a penis, like yeah, okay, you're putting fucking shit up your pee hole. It's gonna be a dude. It's gonna be a dude. Like I said, there's like two women doing this and like a million men. Okay. If you have a penis, get partially erect. Being fully erect can make the urethral opening tighter or make the penis too sensitive for insertion. <sighs> so get slightly aroused, but not too aroused because we got to get this shit up your pee hole. Okay. After, wait, okay. Uh, use one hand to gently spread the urethral opening and the other hand to guide the toy in. Go slowly. Don't force it in if you feel pressure or rush the toy through the urethra. Some heavy toys, like steel or titanium plugs, slide in on their own. God damn, this is like giving me like, ugh, the shivers. Okay. Shake your genital or pelvic area gently if it stops moving to help move it along. Don't force it in if it's not going in as far as you want it to. Gently remove it and add more lube to the toy and to your genital area. You may also want to try a smaller or thinner toy. After you feel comfortable with how far it's in, try moving it in a few directions to see what, it, what feels best and what nerve endings you can stimulate. Try to gently pull it in and out, too. You can also gently massage your genital area to add some extra pleasure. And of course, your, you or a partner can put lips on the sounding device and hum to vibrate the inside of the urethra. Well then, once you're done, gently and slowly remove the toy from your urethra. Take your time. Stop or go slower if it feels painful or uncomfortable. Add more lube near your urethral opening if you need to. Pee right away to remove any bacteria or lube in your urethra. It's normal for it to sting or burn a little bit for a day or two afterwards. How fun! How fun! I did this sexual thing and now it burns when I pee. Uh, what? Okay, yeah, if I'm uncomfortable after sex, it kind of, it usually means I got dry fucked, and that's never good for anybody, um, and I'm a grown adult woman, and I don't dry funk. <laughs> I don't dry funk. <laughs> Listen, we want the funk. Give up that funk, but don't dry funk. <laughs> for my listeners who are all, like, under the age of 18, that was Parliament Funkadelic. <laughs> I can fucking, I can feel menopause taking over. I just, I can't remember things. I'm referencing songs that came out 40 years ago. I just, I can't. And I'm getting square where I'm like, ew, stuff in your pee hole? Oh, God. Whatever. Do whatever you want to fucking do, I guess. I just, I'm like, this is not great for the body, I don't think. Um, okay, okay. Uh, okay. Uh, pee right away, remove the bacteria. Again, wash everything, including your hands, your genital area, and the toy you use. Uh, what precautions can you take? Urethral sounding is a safe practice as long as you take the proper precautions. Um, use lube. Sorry, burping. There are a lot of muscles in the urethra meant to help push pee out of the bladder. You won't be able to get the instrument in the urethra without a lot of lube to help the instrument glide in and out. 
don't use lube with a numbing agent. This could decrease both the pain and pleasure you feel, which can be dangerous. Feeling discomfort is the only way you'll know to stop or adjust what you're doing. Pull the toy out and stop right away. If you notice pain, numbness, cold sensation around the genitals or throughout your body, unusual changes in the color of your genital area, such as becoming pale or blush. Listen, I use fake tanner on everywhere of my body, and I'm still pale as fuck, but the one area I don't put fake tanner is my genital area, so my genital area is always pale. Although, if you move a little bit, you know, towards the inside, it gets more blush. Mm. My colors are blush and bashful, and I do mean pink and pink. Uh, (laughs) That's a Steel Magnolias quote. Um, One of the greatest movies ever made. Okay, uh, get her her juice. Shelby, drink your juice. Uh, unusual discharge. Okay, stop. You got discharge. Stop, stop, stop. Redness, swelling, bleeding. Other precautions. Don't use objects not meant for sounding, such as your fingers, forks, straws, etc. Uh, also, don't use anything glass. People use glass swizzle sticks, and they fucking break off in their dicks, and it's a bad fucking scene do not just because you have at your little home tea in your little basement tiki bar you have your glass swizzle sticks don't put that shit in your fucking pee hole because it's gonna break and it's gonna be bad 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 we've all seen one guy one cup where that guy breaks a jar in his ass just kidding i've never seen it but i've heard about it too much do we really want to do this in our urethras? We do not. Don't put any glass up your urethra. Apparently, people have used glass thermometers. And this is the problem. This is the problem about, like, repressed sexuality. This is why it actually is good to, like, have frank discussions about sexual taboos. Because that way, when you find yourself doing it, because, like, everyone's going to find up doing some sh- Like, everyone's going to find themselves doing some shit that they never thought they would do sexually. It's just what happens. Because once you get heated, like... All of a sudden, you're, like, more open to ideas that you wouldn't be open to. And then if you're with a partner who's, like, ooh, this or that, you know what I mean? Like, so, like, you want to have these discussions in the ether so that it's in your mind. You've We've planted the seeds so that when you do find yourself being, like, I want to put something in your pee ho- my pee hole, you won't just reach for a glass thermometer. Because that's where people always go when they're, like, trying to find things to put inside their body. They go to the kitchen. They're like, oh, I got this uh, squash. Let me sh- rush them on my rectum. Damn near kill them. Uh, <laughs> I don't like myself very much today. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't. I just, maybe I should have showered first and like really got all the hamsters running in my brain. But, um, you know, I didn't. I didn't. I woke up. I went to Target to get uh, some protein bars and I uh, ended up spending $100. And I think that's just where I'm at today is that, like, I'm off the rails. I'm off the rails today. Probably getting my period today. So it's like I just want to eat and fuck and apparently buy $100 worth of protein bars and underwear at Target. And um, I don't want anyone to feel sorry for me. Don't feel sorry for me. But since converting to keto, like, I lost more weight and more ass than I, like, even ever imagined I would. And so I don't have an ass anymore. And so none of my underwear fit because, like, they were all loose and they were just moving all around and going all the way up my butt. Like, it was a fucking problem. Or if I pulled my thongs up where they were tight, then the, like, the side 
straps, the side, the hip, you know, the waistband was like up over my jeans. It was a whole thing. There's a whole thing. My panties are too big because I don't have an ass anymore. So it's like uh, once a month I've been buying like some more underwear so that I have more underwear in the rotation because I don't have an ass anymore. And it just, it is what it is. I'm not upset about it. I'm not mad about it. But it was like initially I was like, oh shit, I have to buy... I have to new, buy new bras because my titties are smaller and, like, the bands are sliding up the back. And then it was like, oh, shit. I have, to, like, I've gone down four sizes in pants. And um, I'm not, again, I'm not, like, bragging. I'm not asking for pity. But, like, it's, like, money. It's the same thing when you get fat. You're like, fuck. I'm spending – not only am I spending money because I'm eating – on food because I'm eating my feelings. And, like, we've all been there where you're just, like, off the rails. And you can't justify spending money on, like, I don't know like diamond jewelry or a flat screen TV, but you can justify soothing yourself by spending money on food and you're just eating your feelings. And then you have to buy bigger clothes and you're like, fuck, well now I'm, I'm spending money on food and clothes cause I'm being a fat fuck. And now the opposite has happened to me where like, I've just, I've had to go down four sizes in jeans and like, then I had to get new bras and then I had to get new sports bras because, and now like even my small sports bras are like, it's a, it's a fucking problem. And then I had to buy new bathing suits. Uh, and that's bathing suits, plural, because I live a pool-heavy lifestyle. Um, but, and then, yeah, new underwear, because I don't have a butt. And that's fine. That's fine. I, honestly, I was an anomaly for years as a Caucasian woman with a big, fat ass. And I should have, well, I did know that was special. I was going to say I should have fully appreciated it. But I did, and now I don't. And it is what it is. Uh, was it? Oh, Target off the rails. God, I suck. Okay. Well, you know what? This is not an NPR podcast. This isn't Wondery. This isn't Panoply. <laughs> this isn't even Earwolf. <laughs> or <laughs> just naming them all. Anyways, okay. What to do? Oh, don't you also don't, okay, don't use objects not meant for sounding. We got into that. Don't use a fucking thermometer and break that open and get mercury in your pee hole. Don't use oil-based or scented lubes. Avi. Avi. Um, okay. What to do if you can't get the object out? Stay calm and focus on what you're doing, which I'm sure is difficult because you know when there's something in your eye and your whole system goes into panic mode? So, uh, yeah, I imagine it's difficult to stay calm when something is stuck in your pee hole. Try to relax your genital muscles. This will help loosen the urethral muscles and make the toy more likely to slip out. Try to feel for the toy from the skin above. Then try to push the toy out gently by squeezing the tissues around the toy where they entered. You're just squeezing this fucking rod out of your fucking penis like toothpaste out of a tube. You just got to slowly work it out. And I'm just going to come right out here. I don't like to tell anybody what to do. I don't want to tell anyone how to live their life. How about we just don't make a promise to me, listeners. Don't use any sounding rods that don't have like a stopper or like a loop or a handle on them. Because I don't want you getting things lost in your pee hole and having to squeeze them out like toothpaste out of, the, out of a tube. I want you to be able to grab that handle and get it out when you're ready to get out. So get something that's got a little ball at the end, a bumper, a hook, something. Something that's going to prevent this object from becoming lost. Because even if you're like, I got this, I would never lose it. Accidents happen, my friend. Accidents happen. 
Um, everyone has a sexual faux pas from time to time. Um, and let's not have it take us to the hospital. Okay. Uh, sit in warm water to make your skin more flexible and expand the urethra. If a warm bath doesn't work, spread some lube around the urethra opening and try to drip some down into your urethra. This can make it easier to slip the toy out. The answer to everything on this whole list is like, put lube on your tip. Lube up your tip. Okay. Not coming out? Get to urgent care or an emergency room right away. Keep your genital area as still as possible to prevent any sudden or abrupt movement that could injure the urethra. Be honest and direct with your medical provider. It's okay to feel embarrassed, but don't leave any details out when speaking with a nurse or a doctor. They need to know what type of tool you used and how it got stuck there so they can provide the most effective treatment. Good point. Good point. Give them all the details. It's like when you drop when in movies when they drop someone off at the hospital out front of a drug overdose. It sucks for the hospital because they're like, uh, yeah, if one of your friends could have come in and told us what you took, that would have been helpful because then we would know how to treat it sooner. But now we just have someone who's overdosing and we don't know what they took. And now we have to do blood work. Okay, bottom line, sounding can be a fun way to switch up your sex life, but it's not for everybody, and it needs to be done with the consent of everyone involved. Make sure you take proper precautions, choose the right toy, and experiment until you find the technique you like best. Wowzers! Wowzers! And then I went to a website, which I didn't close on my browser, called Lustplugs, lustplugs.com. And on lustplugs.com, who is not a sponsor of the show, you can see all manner of sounding devices and they are something and there is this set of different sized like they look like little skinny anal beads and they're black and you get a set of them of like graduated girth and they're called uh black dread silicone urethral sounds because when you put all of these silicone sounds next to each other it looks like a rasta wig um, anyways, uh, but yeah, there's some nice ones. There's this thing called a quiver of delight, eight inch penis plug. It has a nice stopper at the end. A lot of these seem to have a stopper at the end and that's good. That gives me faith. These ones, the blow jab, nine inch urethral sound or the silent flute, seven inch urethral sound. They have like a little loop at the end, like, um, like a key ring. So you can put your finger through it and pull it out. Um, there's the manaconda trap eight inch urethral sound. This one's nice because it doesn't just have a stopper on the end of it. It has basically like a penis cage, like it goes around your head on the outside so that whatever, put stuff up, put stuff up your b-hole or don't, you know, put, do, do whatever it is, but do it safely. And on that note, I'm going to take a shower. Have a happy hump day. I love you guys. Bye.